Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast and happy Craft Beer Week, St. Louis. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with KMOV. This is the show where we take you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I don't need to tell our listeners that in St. Louis, well, we love our craft beer. And that's why back in 2009, St. Louis Craft Beer Week was established to celebrate the brewers and the beer lovers in our city. And someone who fits in both of those categories is our guest this week, Abby Spencer, the head brewer of Third Wheel Brewing in St. Peter's. Abby started off like many. She liked drinking beer, so she started making it at home. And well, her beers people started taking notice to them. And when the owners of Third Wheel Brewing reached out to her, she admits she doubted her ability to run the brewing operation. But now she's seen the crowds come in to try her beers from the IPAs to the most popular, Enter Sandman Irish Red. And now she's using beer to give back, collaborating with nonprofits to make an impact that goes much farther than the brew pub in St. Charles County. So let's get right to it and let's meet Abby. All right, well, Abby, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, thanks for coming out. So busy day here for you. Very busy day today, yes. What are you guys working on right now? All right, so today I'm working on kegging and transferring and moving beers around like crazy just leading up to our release tonight. So we've got a big release tonight. Um, it's called On Moke. Um, it's for the Mo Better Foundation. It's an IPA that we made all with like locally sourced ingredients for these guys. So pretty pumped about that. Tell us about the beer. Yeah, so it's an IPA, um, and it was, so I've sourced the malt locally um, from Gateway Malt. Um, They're out of Montgomery, Missouri. I've sourced the hops from Lewiston, Illinois, kind of like central northern Illinois. The yeast, granted, like, originally, you know, not not actually from Illinois, but I bought from Omega out of Chicago. And then, um, so it's really awesome. It's super piney, super resiny. And then I aged it on Missouri white oak as well. So it's got this really lovely, like woody tanniny thing going on. So um, why should be a it fun important one. to source as locally as possible for Well, it? we are the very first brewery that has collaborated with the Mo Better Foundation, which is a local foundation that just recently got started up by Dave Wellborn. Um, and he fundraises for... Um, uh, adults and kids with disabilities in the Missouri area. So we wanted to kind of keep this fun, you know, theme and focus on like Missouri, Midwest. Mm-hmm. And we just thought it'd be a fun concept. So yeah, it should be good. Obviously, in a lot of the food industry over the years, there's been a huge push for local sourcing local. Is it harder when it when we talk about doing it in the brewing industry? A little bit. I mean, we're very lucky to be here in the Midwest where I can get plenty of things from the Midwest. And ironically, a lot of my hops I actually source from Michigan. Michigan's mm-hmm. like hop industry is booming right now. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just smaller, um, a few more, you know, I don't have a grain mill here. So mm-hmm. it was like this funny thing of me working with a malt company that doesn't mill grain. And so, you know, just a few more little uh, fiascos to like kind of work around. But in general, it was a really fun uh, collaboration project, reaching out to these much smaller companies that were really excited to work on, a, you know, this project with us. Why was it important to utilize the brewery to kind of support our local charities and organizations? Yeah, I think, you know, the 
the craft beer scene in general just kind of goes hand in hand with like local charitable community. It's kind of what we stand for in general. I mean, let's be honest, we're not going to make billions of dollars in this industry. <laughs> uh, so what we can do is support our local community the best we can. Uh, we've been good friends with these guys for a long time. Um, and uh, we're really excited to see him get this foundation really up and running so strongly so quickly. Um, and yeah, I think Dave uh, has already uh, signed on like 12 or 15 breweries in the Missouri area wow. to do this project with them. So we're honored to be the very first one. So will it be a percentage of the beer sales? How will it help them yep, out? Yeah, pretty much just a dollar a pint. Yeah. Nice. So. Well, because earlier this year, you guys did the Resilience IPA. Which I And um, that was a huge collaborative across the country yeah, with breweries. I, I'm guessing that's probably one of the biggest collaboration I've ever seen. Yeah, Sierra Nevada reaching out to all of us, asking all of us to brew a beer. And what was really cool about that project is Sierra Nevada, you know, worked with all the suppliers and the that they knew of where I was able to source most of those ingredients at no cost. So then I could just turn around and donate 100% of that back to that Sierra Nevada for the uh, Campfire Relief Fund. Yeah, that was incredible. And it was incredible to see just all the breweries say like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to take this recipe and we're all going to, we're going to brew it. And yeah. If someone like Sierra Nevada, someone that I think most of us hold in such high esteem reaches out, most of us are going to take on that call. So. So what is it like when you're brewing a, somebody else's recipe versus something of your own that you've come up with? Uh, to be very honest, I'm a huge Sierra Nevada fangirl. I've been one for probably 12 years now. Um, so to get my hands on a Sierra Nevada recipe was like a little, like I totally geeked out <laughs> and I was like squealing like a small child. It was awesome. Um, it was just really interesting to see kind of um, similarities and differences on techniques, um, usage of ingredients and things like that. Let's be honest, at the end of the day, beer has four main ingredients and those are the four that we use in all of our beers. Um, but just, uh, you know, quantities and ratios. I And it, what was really cool is after I made the beer, it kind of tasted like a Sierra Nevada beer. Mm -hmm. Um, I could, I, I got that feeling from those, that, that very specific hop, those very specific dosings. Um, so it, it really, um, it just made me want to be a better brewer, just mm -hmm. like Sierra Nevada. Are you constantly learning and constantly evolving? Oh my gosh. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Um, I just have piles of books everywhere. Pretty much any time I have a little downtime during a brew day or anything. If I'm not looking up technique or anything, I'm looking up history and just knowing more about my product. Um, and especially when it comes to, you know, these types of collaborations, even with this collaboration of this release with the Mo Better, mm -hmm. the On Moke tonight, you know, just reaching out to these smaller companies and knowing like where they're sourcing their ingredients and their struggles and their successes mm -hmm. here like locally um, learning from Sierra Nevada about dosing rates on hops and their water profile and you know every day I'm learning something else new which is it keeps me on my toes that's yeah, for absolutely. sure yeah so how did you develop that passion and that love for brewing yeah um to be really honest, I think I was just uh, illegally homebrewing way too much. Um, so I moved to St. Louis about 10 years ago from Chicago, and okay. my boyfriend at the time knew I was bored out of my mind. So we went over to Cicero's, mm -hmm. remember the old yeah. restaurant? Yeah, no, you know, rest in peace. RIP, yeah. That's right. Um, and we uh, were given a bunch of samples of all these craft beers that they mm -hmm. had on draft, and they we were hooked. They had a great beer list. They had an amazing list. Gosh. And I 
remember specifically Belgian styles. It was my first intro to Belgian style beers. And um, I never looked back. We started homebrewing within like three or four weeks of sampling some really cool beers. Mm -hmm. And um, I think so. What had you been doing prior? I mean, I was in the nonprofit industry out of Chicago. Um, I ran like a ESL program Mm -hmm. at a nonprofit up there. And then I did a lot of catering work. And that's how I came back to St. Louis through coffee. So I was in the coffee industry for many years. Oh, cool. Um, and service industry Did that in general. kind of help play into it all, or were there lessons learned in that that have translated? Yeah, not so much. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I come from a service industry, and um, it's in my blood, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and it definitely has helped, like watching like the roasting side, the coffee side, and just um, having an appreciation of that art. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I was a science geek as a kid, so at the end of the day, you know, the beer brings together this lovely balance of art and science, so that I can be creative, but also apply like you know, something a little more logical to all right. of it. So you started home brewing. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you remember the first beer you made? Oh, yeah. Was it terrible? Actually, no. Oh. And I think that's the only reason we <laughs> still, we kept brewing. Because our very first beer was totally fine. It was uh, wheat beer. Our second beer we had to dump immediately. It was the worst <laughs> beer I think I've ever had. But I really believe because that first wheat beer was drinkable, that's why it stuck. What, how did you then start learning during that homebrew? Did you meet other homebrewers here in St. Louis? And how did that pan out? Yeah, so um, the St. Louis Brews is a really awesome homebrew club. It's one of the older ones. Um, And we just got hooked up with those guys and we learned a ton from them. Um, A lot of these guys have been brewing for like 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. you know, they've been homebrewing since before homebrewing was legal, right. <laughs> uh, which is pretty incredible. Um, and so, yeah, we learned a ton from them, a lot of tech topics, a lot of beer shares, a lot of me giving them my terrible beer and, <laughs> and asking them why it's so bad. And it was, uh, yeah, it was an awesome learning opportunity. And then over time, just making friends, you know, um, no offense to the brews, but making friends my own age, <laughs> even sometimes my own gender, uh, that was always a treat. So, um, and then I eventually started the OG. I co-founded the OG with two other girls, which is a women's-based beer education um, club, and part of that is homebrewing as well. Because was it hard at first to find other women that were brewing, or at least that? I mean, what were the most of the groups you were in? All men? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, um, like when I went to the brews meetings, there'd be a few women there, but a lot of times, you know, they were kind of a little bit more into the ciders and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I knew there were women out there interested. I knew there weren't women out there drinking good beer because when I started bartending, I would have women come to the bar and they just, most of them just didn't know or Mm -hmm. they would have their partner order for them or whatever. And that's when we decided to start this organization, just educating women on beer and I mean, look at it today. I mean, I think our stats are still like, I don't know, we're only like 30 or 40 percent like consumers of craft mm-hmm. beer. But that's even from 10 years ago. I that's think that's huge. a yeah. huge job. Absolutely. And so when you got those girls together, women together um, and sort of developed that group, did it then sort of start 
spiraling? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I, I like to say that the OG was a big part of it, but I think it's just the times, mm-hmm. you know, um, you see more women in the industry, you see more women um, as like certified Cicerones or, you know, going through the Cicerone program, which is like the beer knowledge based technical program. Um, we're just a little bit more out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think it's become just more normalized, just like many of the industries that we see, you know, Absolutely. with women kind of coming in and and pushing to the front. Did you have any hesitation as a woman, like trying to say, like, I'm going to go be the head brewer somewhere? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I was very nervous just about my physical capabilities. Mm. It's, you know, it's a lot lifting and moving and um, grain bags are heavy and um, things like that. So, um, I was very nervous about it, but I actually apprenticed under Kat Golden, who is the head brewer for Mark Twain Brewing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Kat is an itty bitty skinny little thing, and that girl is not afraid of a thing. Mm-hmm. And she really kind of inspired me to just kind of realize, like, whatever, I can do it too. Right, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, at what point did you take? The knowledge you had gained home brewing, you said you had been bartending, and say, okay, it's time for me to. Yeah, it came as a pretty big shock, actually. So I, I like I said, I was brewing home brewing way too much at the time, and then um, some friends of mine decided to open up a brewery out here in the St. Charles area. Um, they had just been tasting my homebrews for several years, just because I was so nerdy and geeky and having homebrew parties. <laughs> And uh, they so willingly came over and consumed all my products. And then, yeah, they decided to open up a place. And I think they knew two things. One, how much I cared about the quality, how much I care about beer, um, how nerdy I am all about it. (laughs) And then on top of that, um, just kind of my passion and my ability to um, kind of translate all that into like kind of a customer focused, um, you know, um, my experience in the front of house and things like that. So I think it seemed like a natural fit. Exactly. Yeah. So they reached out, they asked if I wanted to help. I said, I'd love to GM and they said, no, I want you to (laughs) brew. And I was like, you're crazy. And here I am today. So, and so talk to me about the process about opening the brewery out here. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, so I'm not from this area, so um, I had to learn a lot about kind of this community, um, but I've learned a ton in the last four years. So we started looking in uh, like mid-2016 and then didn't open up until mid-2017. So we looked at tons of buildings. Um, it's a unique situation out here, um, a lot of riverways and flood zones and yeah. like legalities and things like that. Um, it's a very like um, budge strong community as well, Absolutely. which is uh, was a huge challenge for us the first year we were open, uh, just setting clear expectations on what like a craft brewery and tasting room really is in St. So Charles. Mid-2017, so, I mean, mid mm-hmm. so what else, because I mean now in what we, 2019, there's, there's a ton more craft breweries out out here in St. Charles County. Yes. At that time, who else was open? Let's see out here. here. So Trailhead was here. Right. Uh, two plumbers opened up within two months of us. Okay. So um, it was kind of nice because we popped open, and then like three other breweries popped open right around our time. Um, Mo Beer, um, mm-hmm. who's in the old O'Fallon location, they opened up really close to us. Um, Good news opened up really close to us. But other than uh, Trailhead and Exit 6, which is in Cottleville, and remember, like, St. Charles County is so massive, right? So, like, you can... And then Friendship was open for a while. But again, from Trailhead to Friendship, that's like a, what, 40, 45-minute drive. So, um, 
even today, I think there's now eight or nine of us out here, but it still feels we're all so far apart from it's one another. It's not like an easy hop. Yeah, exactly. There's a few of us that are right here on the 70 corridor, which is kind of cool. You can hit like four of us within mm-hmm. like a 20 minute drive. Um, so we highly encourage a lot of people to come out and do that. But um, but yeah, it was interesting. Just um People walking in just assuming because we serve beer, we have Bud Light, you right. know, um, and just setting those expectations, letting them know why we're here, what we're doing. We're bringing the word of good craft beer out to this area, mm-hmm. which um, once people found out we were here, we're extremely thankful and we're very humbled by all that. Absolutely. Yeah, we were uh, we had Maine and Mill on the other day and they yeah. said very similar situation down mm-hmm. in Festus, you know, kind of Absolutely. having to like bring people in with food and then say, hey, yeah. Try this beer. Yes. Um, what's your go-to recommendation for that bud drinker when they come in? Which one of your beers do you say, try this? Yeah, so we almost always have our blonde on, which is our super light, easy-drinking beer. But um, right now we do have like our spring-summer seasonal, which is our Pilsner, which I highly recommend. It's a little more hoppy than like your bud drink, <laughs> your bud beverages, but um, people seem to like it. And then I can't believe it, but one of our number one go-to for my bud drinkers is our Irish Red, our Inter Sandman. Mm. So it's darker in color, but it's nice, sweet, easy drinking, hints of caramel, a little toasty. I just think it kind of goes down super smooth and easy, so they kind of get into it. What's your favorite right now on tap? Oh man, I'm drinking that Pilsner like crazy in this hot weather. I can't get it. It's like (laughs) four and a half percent and it's like biscuity and a little bitter. I love it. Mm -hmm. I, I can't get enough of it. What's, do you guys have a beer that over the years has been consistently the go-to, the favorite? Yeah, pretty much that Irish Red. It is. I couldn't believe it. Inner Sandman. It was originally a one-off collaboration. Um, I had a friend come in who is a sand sculpture artist oh, okay. who does like high-end sand sculptures all over. He's, that was I, think, a, I didn't I, expect right? that to be the he's collaboration. In, I think he's in Dubai right now wow. doing sand sculptures. But he... I wonder how someone gets into that. Right? Like, I, I think I'll be a sand right? sculptor. Like, uh, you see like, those what on did the he beaches do? in like, Florida. As a, right. Like, like as a kid, did he like, was he just really good? Good with his Probably castle really building. Into his I castles, don't know. Yeah. I should ask him though. But yeah, uh, I was heading out for my honeymoon. We'd only been open six months, and I was wow. stressed to the max. So you were planning a wedding while opening. And oh getting, my gosh! As someone who's in the process of planning mine, and I'm a month out, I can't imagine. It was <laughs> the most idiotic thing I've ever done in my life. Is <laughs> like plan a brewery and a wedding at the same time. It was. Horrible. Duly noted for folks out there. Do not do it. <laughs> also, uh, don't buy a house while you're planning a wedding because ooh, that yeah. is what I'm in the middle no, of. And it's like, no, it cool. sounds almost the same. It's like brewery planning yeah. and wedding planning. <laughs> so, yeah, we we had been open six months. I could not keep beer on draft. It, we were just running well, that's out. Exciting. Every, yeah, it was awesome. But Good it problem was, to have. Yeah, but I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to leave for two weeks. Like, I was on the verge of canceling my honeymoon because I was so stressed out about oh, no. running out of beer. And my good friend Dan offered to come in so he brewed a few batches for us and with that you know we did this awesome collaboration this enter Sandman this one-off that is now like taken over the world in terms of third wheel brewing beers so that's incredible that's always funny how those special ones and you know what becomes the popular ones yeah yeah so how often are you guys coming up with new recipes and, and putting new things on draft? And do people come and say, like, I'd like that? And you're like, sorry, it was a one-off. Yeah. Um, 
We uh, so at third wheel, you know, we're small enough that we can do new recipes pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. It's my passion project is doing like new fun things. So um, I would say at least once a quarter, I try to put out something new and mm-hmm. interesting. So IPA day is right around the corner. I think it's August first. So we're putting out a one-off IPA. We call it Singular Day. So every year on IPA Day, we'll put out a new IPA, which ideally it's the one time we put it out. So this year is a big, huge West Coast IPA, no hazy at all, Mm -hmm. super bitter, throwback to the old like California styles. Um, But yeah. um, How do you get your ideas for your recipes? Like where do you draw inspiration from? Oh man. I... Typically, I try really hard to keep up with what's going on out in the world. Mm -hmm. I travel a lot in general, and so whenever I'm traveling, I'm trying new things. I'm checking out what's going on in different markets. Yeah, right. Little R and D. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Just file that away for Mm -hmm. like taxes. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm always trying what's going on. You know, in different parts of the country, different cities. Who's doing what? And what? Really, at the end of the day, what do I like? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I if I'm going to make it and put my like energy and effort into it, hopefully, I'm going to like it a lot. Right? Is there a trend that you Uh, Two questions, actually. Is there a trend right now that you're really excited about? I am really excited about this whole reemergence of the lager. Mm -hmm. I am a lager fanatic. Pilsners and Dunkles and Oktoberfest. Like, these are some of my favorite styles. And this crisp, clean thing, I can feel it coming. Um, I think it's already hit the coast and it's coming to the Midwest soon. And then is there a trend that you're kind of like, it's not for me? Brewed IPAs. I think it's already gone, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> why, did, why isn't it something that you were into? Uh, they were just, I love an IPA. I'm an IPA fanatic, and it just took everything from an IPA and stripped it down. Mm. So this very basic, very light, easy drinking, almost like sessionable light beer, which y- you just removed everything of an IPA, right, you know? Right. So that's just me being a snob, though. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's your brewery. You can you can be a <laughs> Thank snob. you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you also have to sort of think about the, the taste of your customers out here in St. Charles County? A hundred percent. So a really good example is that inner Sandman, that Irish Red. Mm-hmm. I am not a Red fanatic. You know, remember the days of like Fat Tire? Mm-hmm. Like we all kind of started with Fat yeah. Tire. It's like and early college. Yes. You, know, you think about it when you're it's like, oh, I'm going to be interesting and not drink Bud Light. Exactly. And- like I'm so cool. <laughs> And I'm going to drink this craft beer from New Belgium. And it was amazing. And then we all just got sick of it. It's a little sweeter. Um, It's just very, like, quote, unquote, entry level or whatever. And I'm just not a huge Red fan. And But, man, that beer sells like hotcakes. So (laughs) I am going to keep making it because it affords me to do all my fun projects. So, yeah. So what are you, I mean, we're talking about what you're working on, like, currently. What are you Mm -hmm. gearing up towards? I mean, I I mean, we're almost, I don't want to say it. I don't even want to mention fall. I know. It's going to be out there I am literally (laughs) gearing up for my fall beers right now. So my Oktoberfest is in the tank. Um, We're going to be putting that. I put out an Oktoberfest every year. We have a huge keep the glass. We're doing a big stein 
uh, event this year, which I'm really excited about. We're going to have a, a live uh, like German polka rock band out Naturally, for it. Yeah. I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> I mean, stout season's right around the corner. So, um, you know, our kind of like late fall, early winter beers are Gumalala, which is our chocolate vanilla with Ooh, peppermint. I just like that name. So, Gumalala. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Is that's it hard our, to come up with names? Very. <laughs> you want to know why? It's because they're all taken. Yeah. <laughs> Like every beer name is already taken. So you, how do you do it? How do you come up with them? It's a team effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually <laughs> send out an email to all the clever people that I work <laughs> with, and my husband, and maybe a few other people of of cleverness on my list. And I I tell them the, about the beer, my mood when I was brewing the beer, you know, like mm-hmm. what it's for. And we're, we're always coming up with ridiculous stuff together. <laughs> I mean, you should see some of the scraps that hit the floor at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's the silliest thing. So, but it, it's one of our bigger challenges is coming up oh, with new beer names. I bet. I bet. Well, because especially ones that are like punny or funny and it's like, I, exactly. I'm did also see, not a punny person. Oh, so. so did you see like our flagship IPA is called no pun IPA? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because <laughs> like literally we we're, were like the- all the puns are gone. They're all, all the puns are taken. Every IPA pun is is. It's gone. It's done. So, you know, you talk a lot about the collaboration effort within the brewery, but then also this beer community. Mm -hmm. We're right in this in the midst of Craft Beer Week, which has been growing exponentially since it started here in the St. Louis area. What does Craft Beer Week mean to you guys here at Third Will? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's for us, it's kind of interesting because we have St. Charles Craft Beer Week Mm -hmm. out here as well um, in the spring. But then we also get to participate as kind of like as an addition on to the St. Louis Craft Beer Week, um, which we're really honored to be a part of. Um, it kind of just builds up this community, this kind of gusto um, under all of us, you know, kind of the whole rising tide type of idea. Absolutely. Um, we want to support each other. Um, sorry, kitchen timer is going okay. off. <laughs> we want to support each That's other. That's the least noise in the background of some of these podcasts. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. Um, and then, you know, and we really, uh, for me, I think it's a really amazing way to get the word out about the St. Louis community to people that might not know about mm-hmm. it. Um, I think, you know, some of us are so immersed in this community that we forget that, like, not everybody knows about us. Yeah. So the you know, St. Louis Craft Beer Week and all the efforts that these guys put into putting this on and all these events, I think it just gives us an opportunity to reach out to some of these non-craft beer drinkers and say, hey, look, look at all these cool things we're doing. Look at this community. It's pretty unique that we're so collaborative and we're such a cool team Mm -hmm. um, that we can come together for an entire week and give each other a high five for what we're doing. Are there some events, I mean, obviously you're so busy, but are there some (laughs) of the events that you are excited personally about? Uh, yeah, I try to always make it to that Llewellyn's, that big beer event at Llewellyn's. I'm sure that'll be a good one. And then, you know, my alma mater's craft beer cellar. So mm-hmm. I'm always trying to make it out to one of their events. You know, they'll do their beer geek fest um, that they do every year. So I'll definitely check that out as well. You know, and it's funny, we've, we've seen a lot of emergence of bottle shops at, in St. Louis. We've got, mm-hmm. obviously, um, the guys over at uh, yeah, we got beer sauce beer out sauce, here. Thank you. Yeah, we had the, absolutely. Them on the uh, on the podcast a while ago, um, but do you think we still need some more out here in St. Charles County? I would say yes. Um, I think the guys at Beer Sauce are doing a fantastic mm-hmm. job. It's kind of a really fun um, concept with like barbecue and beer. But I mean, again, love barbecue and beer right, together, no right? Joke. But again, like we just talked about, how massive this 
community is the St. Charles County area in general. I mean, you could probably have a bottle shop in almost every municipality out here mm-hmm. and every town out here, and it would be fine. Absolutely. I, I don't think that we're we're in any danger in this part of town, at least of like you know exactly. Yeah. Do you think we're in danger of that in other parts of our area? Um, I think you we have to be a little careful. You know, at this point in the game, you know our industry is plateauing a smidge right now. We don't have these double digit year year over year growths anymore, um, and I do think that you know we at least have to stand out somehow on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to have a purpose for being. We can't just open up and be another bar or another brewery. Um, what are I, the things that you guys do to make yourself stand out? Yeah, I mean, uh, for us, it, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little easy just because we are out location. here. I, yeah. d- I, didn't, I didn't necessarily have to do anything super special, but what we kind of focus on here is, you know, trying to hit, offer something for everybody. And also my take is every beer we make is a take on my favorite things. Mm-hmm. So instead of just having like a regular old IPA, our flagship IPA originally was like our double IPA with lactose and people, you know, it's just something a little different, a spin on our own thing. Um, and I mean, again, I, I got off easy just because I'm in St. Charles County. Right, absolutely. I mean, there just wasn't much out here, so I, I was a lucky one for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's funny because, you know, you guys are, you mentioned kind of looking at places, and you guys are just plopped down in the strip mall, like, but right because there was so much of that missing out here, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, another thing that we can offer in St. Charles County is this tasting room atmosphere, this, like, uh, sense of community. We have a lot of communal tables. and yeah, this we is made, a beautiful space. Thank you. We, we put a lot of... Uh, thought forethought into that concept of providing a space for this community for people meeting spaces and like community organizations and events and things like that and um you know I, everybody out here has their own concept but i do think that helps us stand out a little bit how important was it to have kind of that open window into to let people see yeah you know yeah it kind (laughs) of flows with that theme I'm not gonna lie sometimes I feel like a little fish in my tank back there (laughs) you know the little kids like pushing their face up against the glass Uh, yeah but in general it's that same concept like that open concept community like I'm not going to be, I'm not hidden away in the back all the time. People do have access to me a little bit more. I try very hard even to come out as frequently as I can whenever I'm here, when we're open, just to, you know, talk to people and um, answer questions. Well, I guess also, you know, when you're introducing people to craft beer, if they're still kind of new to it, seeing the process is so much a part of, you know, not drinking a mass produced beer. You can actually watch Abby back there create the beer you're drinking. Absolutely. It, it really makes this connection between like the, the the customer and what they're consuming and then us as a business. It's not so separate, separate, separate mm-hmm. that they're just drinking whatever. It really lets them see the work in action that we are doing this right here in front of their faces. Everything is made in house. And yeah, I think it, it brings back that whole theme of like, you know, community and all that stuff, but they can see that we are this tiny entity brewing everything in house, you know, and, and sending it right out front, just six feet away. 
So if you are a beer fan, and well, if you listen to this episode, I am guessing you are. We've got a ton of great episodes with local breweries on the Meet St. Louis podcast. If you haven't gone back and listened to all of our episodes, you can go ahead and do that. But you can also go through and find some of our great beer episodes. We've talked to the folks at Four Hands, to Main and Mill, to Old Bakery, to Schlafly. There's a lot in there. You can definitely go back and get some great listening in. Uh, And if you are interested in checking out St. Louis Craft Beer Week, you can find a list of all of their events for the week at stlbeerweek.com. And of course, if you enjoyed the episode, we always appreciate it. If you go and leave us a review, give us a rating on iTunes. It helps others discover the Meet St. Louis podcast. This episode was produced and edited by JJ Bailey.